Hello and welcome everyone to Joyous Conversations with me, your host, Joy Makassi. And welcome to 2021. We all made it uh, somehow. Uh, <laughs> happy to have you all around. And so we should get started. So um, today in our episode, I have a lovely friend of mine as the guest who is William Alex Young. Will, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Hello. Um, yeah, um, my name's uh, William and I'm the uh, vocalist of a band called Defences. Um, yeah, kind of been in the tech scene for a, a fair while, if any of you are aware of that scene, um, probably listening in, you would be. Um, yeah, just kind of, I've, I've known Joy for quite a while. Um, so it's, yeah, great to be on the show. See, it, the the weird thing that always blows my mind is, for, for as long as I've known you, I ended up having the weird light bulb moment that, oh, your name is actually Will Young, but you can't <laughs> use your actual name because <laughs> music is a weird just business. I mean, yeah, like, I, I care less now than I used to. Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen I've seen my name being brought up in, like, in, in bits and bobs where they're like, oh, vocalist Will Young or something, and I'm like, eh. Whereas, like... <laughs> Ten years ago, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't live with myself." <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, like I don't know. I, it's different scenes, you know. Um, oh, that's Will, 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 Will Young's doing his thing, you know. The other Will Young me is doing doing his own thing. You know? <laughs> Maybe there'll, there'll be a crossover one day. So uh, I'll, I'll reach out to his like his agent. So, so what do we call like Will Squared or something like that? D- d- defenses feet Will Young too. <laughs> yeah, give him I'll the lower billing. I'll try and make it happen. <laughs> give him the lower billing just to make it even funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorted. Done. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. But yeah, so um as I always like to start with a podcast, I ask people what's their current uh, you know, song or album that they've been listening to over the last week, months, like it's been a while since Christmas. So what's yeah. that for you? That's been it's been tricky because of with lockdown, I've kind of like, because I've got this huge playlist of just albums that I love and albums I've also been meaning to check out. Um, I've got a couple floating around. There were like some old ones that I wanted to check out, uh, like, you know, ones that you, you never really think to listen to in your daily life. Whereas now with all the time that we had on our hands, um, I've kind of just gone back and revisited. So like a lot of last year was just kind of listening to old stuff. Um but uh, I mean, out, in terms of full albums that I've been spinning a lot recently, so it's quite a tricky one actually. I suppose like most I can think of would be like probably like Code Oranges. Un- uh, is it uh, underneath? Is it called underneath? I think it's underneath. I might be getting that wrong. That's how. That's how. <laughs> that's how blank I've been this year. But um, yeah, the new Code Code Orange album and. New Biffy Clyro as well um, is, is a solid, solid album. Um, I have really enjoyed some of the uh, weekend singles though from his last album. Um, not the album so much as a whole, but yeah, a few, few, few bangers on that. That's good, man. That's good. Like w- with myself, when it comes to music, I fluctuate a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, when I'm driving, I usually have my as I call it, chill gent playlist, which just has, yep. you know, some gent stuff and everything else. But every now and then, mix it up. And I've started listening to my turns playlist, which is basically just uh, a lot of trap. It's just literally nice. a lot of trap. It's just, uh, it, I, I just, there's nothing for me just like driving and listening to future, you know, uh, 
singing yeah. mask off and i'm like i i want to just play that at the end of all of this just yeah. basically mask off because I, I, can't, I can't i can't uh i can't hate on that <laughs> yeah no it's just like the, the world is scary i want to listen to just some nice good music speaking of speaking of trap though i did really enjoy the within destruction album that came out i can't remember when but i just loved how that they like mixed slam death metal with like hints of trap and like like japanese rap it was just so ridiculous but somehow worked <laughs> okay i need to check that out it's right. yeah it's 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 good it's it's surprisingly good <laughs> like, <laughs> it's two genres you never would think that that would uh that would work. work in a serious kind of way yeah actually do but no like, not, very, yeah. not that they've been like pushing the album as a very serious album but <laughs> that's a whole other discussion with me, uh, I remember when, uh, is it Sundowning by Sleep Token when it came out? Yeah, 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 a year, it, year, just over a year ago, I think. Yeah, and, and it has those kind of like trap elements in it as well. Yeah. Like, I'm liking this. I did not think that this would work, but it... Yeah, I, I, that was kind of a side note, but I, I, I did, it, the album sounded exactly kind of how I hoped it would, like, because I know the, like, the earlier stuff was a lot more piano-based and like, yeah. I was like, I'd be interested to hear this like with a bit of a of a of an electronic twing. And uh, yeah, they did it, which was which was cool. I think it worked. Yeah, like I think a lot of music works quite well when people either do fusions or at times they just kind of do the whole throw everything in there and see what happens. Like, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there's definitely like a lot of experimentation that goes into that that like comes out like you know the finished product is like probably a result of like God knows how many versions probably isn't it. Yeah, I mean, with that, uh, the two songs that I usually think about just that blow my mind about the concept. Well, it's now three, actually. Um, uh, Focus, Hocus Pocus, and uh, Jethro Tal. Um, I want to say Aqualong, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Jethro Tal Aqualong, because it's just, at some point, look, Jethro Tal Locomotive Breath, because it's like, proggy, proggy, flute! Yeah, 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 that, that, that stuff is very like unique I, th- I, th- I think they were i missed i missed listening out on their albums but i did get into, to listen to was it yes Fr- yes is fragile fragile yeah and like for the year that came out like that's another one that's just like how did they come up with this like it's, it's like it's like not down tuned tech basically <laughs> <laughs> before before people were down tuning the gu- guitars there was yes Oh, mate. Like, with me, the, the the third song, and I keep on meaning just at some point to get um, Harrison White from Novena, and mm-hmm. then just ask him, it's like, so, Harrison, um, with that song where you have the polyrhythmic clapping section, um, explain. I, I like it, but please, just explain. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's... <laughs> Fun fact, because obviously I was I was depping for um, for Novena when, uh, before uh, Gareth rejoined the live sets, and so I got in, I got in on all the, like, you know, I knew all the bands, bits and bobs. And I like, I remember Harrison was like, so hyped about that section when he was like, I've got this part in the album where it's going to be like clapping, like polyrhythmic clapping, flamenco style, and it's going to be so good. And it was like, I must say that's definitely like, it got to that, I was listening to the album, it got to that part and I was like, you madman, you did it. <laughs> you <laughs> they, did said it. it they said it couldn't be done. And it was. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. 
man, it's such an amazing album, though. I absolutely love it. I just absolutely love it. So, mm. as we can already tell from this conversation, we both have diverse um, interest in music. So, with yourself, how did you end up into the heavier stuff? Because I know that you are quite the big fan of Coldplay, and I usually do not see a Venn diagram with like people who like Coldplay and also what we. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I do listen to almost like. I wouldn't. I don't want to be like, oh, I listen to anything because there's like there's a lot of stuff that I don't listen to, but it's usually just because I haven't really it hasn't clicked yet. More more so than like I haven't you know I haven't found that artist or I haven't maybe found like the entry point. Um, I mean, for a long time I didn't really get Meshuggah until like one day I was like, okay, now I get what they're doing here. Um, but in terms of heavy music, I guess I don't know. Like I. I it was the first kind of music I guess I really got into. Like I was into kind of rock and like, you know, everyone was into like, like I said, like, you know, you, you were saying Coldplay and like the Killers and uh, who else was going around at the time? Block Party. Um, oh, Block Party. Like, exactly, you know, like, and they're still like, those for, like first few albums are always like classics. Um, and then weirdly enough, like I always, I, this story always comes up in like whenever it's in conversation, I always find it just such a, a humorous point in that um i think i actually got into he- heavier music thanks to the sonic adventure soundtracks <laughs> <laughs> no lie <laughs> literally no lie i like i can't remember why but like it was it was back in you know probably like limewire days or something where like you know uh, people would just miss miss like spell things think, or like yeah. god knows what yeah anyway i don't condone that by the way just just for the referencing point like we were, we, we were all young once and had no money, um, but um, d- downloaded a song that was meant to be from it or something. And it ended up being, I think, Linkin Park Numb. And I was like, this isn't from this game, but I really <laughs> like it. And then like, I, I can't remember how I figured out what it was. It was probably like, God knows how it was spelled, you know, but... <sighs> I, I I tried to block it from my memory that kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> those days, um, but yeah uh, yeah and then from there I think like Lincoln Park then like Evanescence and stuff like that um, uh, I think I, like my first gig I went to was the Hives which is like if I don't know if you know them they're kind of like a punky kind of surf punk I guess. I- so I think I know them for the weirdest thing. I think they've actually done an album with Timberland. They like, did, been on one yeah, song. They did a song yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah, they did a song with Timberland. Yeah, so that's all yeah. That happened. Yeah, you're right there. I'd forgotten about that. Wow. Um, yeah. So I don't think it like happened overnight, but it was just one of those kind of things that I gradually got into. And then it was just like, Oh yeah, you know, I remember listening to Slipknot for the first time and being like, "How do you even tell what? Like, how can you even tell what they're playing?" And then, like, the more you listen to it, you kind of just acclimatize to it. It's really weird. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess that was the gateway. <laughs> I mean, and I think with, is- I think with, I think with tech, when it comes to tech, I think it was probably like Tesseract that really warmed me up to the to the tech sound. Ah, uh, good old Tesseract. Yeah, no, it is quite true, as you've said, that you end up having a point where you you get into certain things, you're like, oh, I, I can't understand what's happening, and then it clicks, it's like, oh no, I, I fully get this. Mm, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think like, a lot of people, it was probably, like, at least, like, you know, my age, our age, kind of, like, Linkin Park were probably that band. 
yeah. I think just because it was just like, it was radio rock, but like edgy radio rock, like, you know, just about made it on with a few bleeps, maybe. I mean, like, for me, one of the songs that I, oh, actually, funny. So, one of the songs from Linkin Park that I think helped was Mum Encore, because mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. just that whole crossover and with Collision yeah. Course, that whole album is just amazing. But I, I think I realized that I liked kind of heavy guitar-based music <laughs> from the weirdest source ever. So, mm. when I was back in Zimbabwe, so this is about almost 20 years ago, give or take, wow, um, we had this TV show that would just play various music. And at a certain point, the Rasmus in the shadows was just playing nonstop. I'm like, I like this song. Who? What, what song? Uh, the Rasmus in the shadows. Oh, yeah. Fair. Before it's like, <laughs> oh, I kind of like this. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can, I can dig it. I can dig it. Sounds good. Guitars sound fun. Nice. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so um, as you ended up saying that with, Tech, you ended up getting into it with uh, through Tesseract, but how then did you end up finding TechFest? Um, uh, how was it actually? I, th- I think it was through a few friends. Like I'd seen, I'd seen like a few local bands, like very local. Um, one of which I quite like. I were kind of doing like the kind of arch- early architects kind of thing. Like you know, I, I feel like a lot of. There's a lot of phases when people are starting up local bands. There was your thrash, thrash kids and your pop punk bands and stuff like that. But this was the first like band that I really like. I was like, oh, these guys are actually like quite like like musically like fresh. Um, and so like you know, I had the guys on Facebook, and I think it was I, I actually think it was one of them who posted about it. Um, and f- I think then I was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I started going to going to a lot more like local shows and stuff. Um, I think I just, it must have been like, yeah. Yeah, because 2011, I went to, um, a friend, like, clued me up to um, Ghost Fest, which was up in Leeds. Um, I think it ended 2015 or something, but it was, like, more kind of, like, I guess metalcore, hardcore crossover stuff. Like, it was anything kind of heavy. Like, you'd get bands like, um, I don't know, like Suicide Silence, Headlining, Gallows, Casey Strain, um, but then like Ooh. also bands like Born of Osiris or like I Wrestle Bear Once kind of thing. So it was like, it was kind of the underground festival that wasn't slam dunk, I guess, you know, didn't have all the pop punk stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think from there, like I kind of met a few like London bands and I was like, wow, like, you know, I didn't, didn't, I had no idea that this kind of like music was being done so well in like, you know, in the local scenes. Um, so I had started to go a lot to a lot more shows. And I think that's what clued me on to like, I think I ended up going to, um, I think I'd heard about TechFest at this point, but I think I went to, the first one I remember was, um, it was a, one of Basic Records HMV things or something. And it was like Chimp Spanner, Algorithm and Uneven Structure or something at um, uh, bar, London, the London bar, Barfly. And from that point, I was like, wow this like you know and all three of these bands are playing this festival so like and i knew as i said i meant um i'd already heard about tesseract so like from there on i kind of just like kept i think like from what i remember it didn't even have have a date set yet i think they'd arranged a venue but they were like we're we're, we're trying to sort out a a date to to actually host it um so yeah like i don't want to be that guy being like oh i was there in the beginning but like yeah i definitely heard about it quite early on like i think yeah tesseract was still set to play the first year and then that's when dan left or no um 
it would have been this uh, Elliot, Elliot, yeah, the set, the vocalist who was on the EP or something, um, and then they didn't have a vocalist, so they had to pull out, and Silosis then managed, like they got Silosis last minute. Um, so from then on, I was kind of like, that's when I started kind of getting into putting on putting on shows in London and stuff. So that's probably a that's a whole other story, really, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go for it, man. Just oh, uh, well, yeah, basically, like. I, I was just like, I was so keen on it basically that I was like, I want to kind of get in on the action essentially. Um, I didn't, I wasn't in bands at the time. Um, everyone was kind of like doing their own thing, um, you know, friends going off to uni and stuff. So I didn't really have like a set, set kind of base anymore, I guess. So I was just like, I met, met a people, few people at, show, at the shows I was going to, um, one of which was putting on like some of these kind of heavier bands that were like, you know, ghost fest hopefuls essentially um and then obviously tech fest came along and it was like this whole other side of kind of heavy music um so yeah we kind of came together and we started up like a promotions company how long were you doing that for are you still doing it these days it was no no i'm not doing it anymore it was like i think it was from like 20 2012 end of i don't god i can't even remember end of 2012 i think or like beginning 2013 to like kind of mid mid 2014 like i did it for like a year and a half and then like by that point i'm that's when i joined clockwork and stuff so i kind of like i I just put it on the back burner i kind of was like i just kind of was more pushing my recording and stuff i think i'd by that point i'd met um uh, Merrick De La Fuente, who was in Existem or is in Existem Mortal, um, and he like he was just starting out as a producer back then. Um, so I used to do a lot of demos. Like I actually had someone to to demo because I can never I never used to be able to record myself. Um, so yeah, like I, from that point, like my just my uh, priorities were elsewhere. Really, I mean that happens in life, though, but. Yeah, for sure. It was it was, it, it was definitely a priceless experience. Like I met like so many bands through it. Like you know, bands like Castle City, and uh, um, we put on Ingested once during. It was unfortunately during the Olympics, so it was like <laughs> it was it, like literally the government are like, don't go anywhere because it's going to be crazy. And like Ingested are like, let's do a tour. <laughs> um, what do you mean Olympics? Let's just tour around the UK. See what happens, exactly, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were sick. It. I mean, granted, like Ingested are amazing, so like can't fault them. But um, yeah, like did a we did a few cool ones. We did Nolly's last show with Red Sea's Fire, which was quite cool. That was like my first big show that I put on. Um, and then we did like a we did Being as an Ocean's first London date. Um, for, I think it was their first UK tour or something like that, um, which was really cool. Like that sold out like like almost instantly. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, did did a fair few shows. Black Tongue, I think Black Tongue. We did one of their early like their first London show or something like that. Um, it just got to the point where it was like. I don't know. It wasn't the scene. The scene got quiet. It was more just like there were so many bands coming through and a lot of other promoters as well. Um, it kind of, it was too expensive to kind of keep putting on the bands we started putting on, but also too like too difficult to find new bands without like stepping on other promoters toes and stuff. And it like, that just wasn't, that wasn't for me really. Um, you know, it gets to the point where you're like, this isn't my job. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I want to do kind of thing. <laughs> 
you know, I got you there. And also, like, with, with London, especially, like, a place like Camden, this is just mm. such a big situation of not only acts, but people doing things that, um, as you said, it can get a bit harder not to step on people's toes, which gets a bit tricky because, as we've noticed, when it comes to, I would like to say the tech scene, but I think it applies to many musical just genres, mm, yeah, it's a definitely. very small well of people. Yeah. And if you yeah, mess up yeah. somewhere, people will know. Yeah, yeah, it, def- it like it definitely happens. I think it, like it, you know, it's happened to me several times. But it, I think it's all just a case of just kind of keeping a good attitude um, and like just like uh, I, I wouldn't say trying to be understanding because that you know there are difficult situations and stuff like. But you, you know, it's usually it's all for the music. Um, I mean, there were, I know I remember there were some some cases where there were some shady characters in the scene, but um, I, I for one, have not heard from them since. So <laughs> I'm assuming that's like you know long in the past, and they're probably like I don't know selling insurance to people or like I don't know on some sort of strange pyramid scheme. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to deviate because you mentioned like just selling insurance, right? <laughs> it was I, the first I, thing that came to my head. <laughs> so, so when it comes to rock stars and names, I'm always astounded that Korn's lead singer is called Jonathan Davis. And I keep on thinking, that sounds like what my accountant should be named and not somebody <laughs> in Korn. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. He never bothered to change his name. He's just like, yep, I'm just going to keep this... I guess it, it worked for him, really. <laughs> I maybe mean, like, I mean, I can't. I wouldn't be able to speak for Corn. Like, I was pretty much one years old when they started. So, like, <laughs> don't know. Don't know what the scene was like in 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 Bakersfield, California, or wherever it is they're from. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jonathan Davis was the way to go. It has worked for him, as you said. It has worked for him. Yeah, like, can't, can't fault it. Okay, so since we've already partially touched on TechFest, I'm always interested to see what people's favorite TechFest experiences are. Hmm. Oh, that door. Like this, I feel like it's such, such a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like I haven't even, I haven't even been in the last like two, two years. Obviously the last year didn't happen. Um, yeah. uh, year before I was very poor, I think. Yeah, what was the year before? Oh yeah, I think I because we 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 did download this because download was that year, wasn't it? With Tool and like that was a hefty hefty investment. Um, download expensive. And, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, especially like when like, a week, uh, literally a week in advance, we saw how like rainy it was going to be, and it was like, nope, hotel. <laughs> it was like yeah. gonna get a hotel and just drive. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's just not worth it. Like, by the end of the four days, you're literally like a shell of your former self. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And then the year before I had a, had an operation, so I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't attend. Um, but literally, so I've been like, what, four, four years, five years, something like that. And oh, I don't know, like that there were so many fun moments, like, both early on and then when they moved to Newark, like I remember like the first year, um, me and my friend, uh, the one I, I went to ghost fest with, we, um, I think it was like the sun, the last day in the morning, like they hadn't opened the venue yet. There's some, this like community center in, in Alton. And I don't know why it started, but we all just started singing, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> 
of course. Like, it must have been like 10 in the morning, 10.30, something like that, something ridiculous. And like, there were people in sleeping bags and like all sorts. And like, we just started singing Bohemian Rhapsody in full, the whole thing. <laughs> Acapella, it was great. So, so um, who ended up doing the high notes then at the part? I think you know which part I'm talking about. <laughs> I Everyone think it was probably my friend because that was exactly the kind of thing that my friend Adam would do <laughs> just to annoy those who were hungover. <laughs> <laughs> most likely, most likely. Uh, it's always uh, because with that song, everyone and a lot of people end up just trying all the parts at the same time. It's like, oh, I yeah. mean, you can do that, but uh, okay. Oh, the thing is, yeah, that's like, I think it started that way, but then we realized there were enough of us to actually split up the parts and like, it got really organized. It was, it was quite something. <laughs> I, I, I want to say someone in like Monuments or someone or Chimps Banner have like recorded it and posted it somewhere. So it's probably floating on the internet somewhere in our in the depths of our Facebooks. But yeah, that's uh that's I, w- I don't know if it's like my my highlight, but it's definitely like a, the earliest hilarious moment I remember. Um there was also of course to anyone who is in UKTM on Facebook the forum, uh the famous Stuart moment where he was going to be sick. <laughs> I have not he was, seen he, that one. I need to oh, find that one. I, I think it was, it was the one that started the whole Osaya like everyone is an Osaya kind of joke that was running in like 2015 or 14 or 15. I can't remember, but basically everyone is in the band Osaya for some reason. They were just interviewing people and they were like, Oh look, it's this person from Osaya. And then Stuart Hunter, who was a tech, another tech fest regular popped up and was just like, Oh yeah, man, I'm just on my way to be sick, but yeah, cool. I'll, I'll have a drink <laughs> or something like something yeah. ridiculous. But it was just like, it was such a meme, like it was like a tech fest meme, and like there were there were many of those moments. I feel like, <laughs> but I think like tech fest does um, owe itself to just having a lot of those moments that are quite memeable and just amazing, just things that randomly happen. They're just like, okay, yeah. Uh- I think I think also be- I think it's because so many people know each other as well that like stuff like that can happen. Whereas like maybe other festivals that are either slightly bigger or maybe slightly more like. Like I, I went to like Arc Tangent a few years ago, and it's a really good festival, but like it's a lot more cliquey in a way. Like, like you know, you get your your kind of more math rockers, or you get your more like metalheads who are like there for the t- kind of heavy tech or whatever, like gent stuff, or you get like kind of your more bizarre like fans who like the kind of weird instruments or like you know weird, just the weirdness of like the kind of acts that they put on so you don't get like such crossover like you know the cliques kind of stick to themselves whereas with tech fest i feel like there's this big kind of vibe of like everyone eventually kind of meets at some point like somehow i like i I suppose like uktm and stuff like that helped a lot in the first like several years in kind of establishing that of being like oh yeah i remember that guy like someone commented comment commenting after the weekend or something and then you had them on Facebook and it was kind of just like, that was just a big thing for a while. I think like, you know, you'd all become friends and you'll get to know each other. No, no, I get you there. And also I, I, I have the feeling that when it comes to just tech fest, you, you just connect with the people because we all have kind of aligning 
ways of I think liking music, but also just mm. seeing things, and yeah, we so. just end up connecting in that way. And you can meet somebody who you've never met beforehand, but after that weekend, you're just like you're my best friend. And unlike some festivals where you're just like, oh, afterwards I go home and I just you know might maybe bump into you in yeah. a, you know a related gig or something. Yeah, it, it, with tech, it's like nope. You're actually on Facebook. We actually just chat at times. You're actually still keeping contact because that's the kind of bond that you make at TechFest. You mm. meet people that are just like, yeah, no, we gelled. We actually connected, man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I can't like, obviously, like I said, I haven't been in the last two years, but uh, so I can't speak for, for them. But um, yeah, I definitely feel like, I, you know, it's it's kind of, I, I, I don't know whether how it would, what it boils down to, if it's just one specific thing or like, you know, all the things happen to be in the right place at the right time kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just like the forum on Facebook, the kind of the growth of the festival anyway, like the people that kept coming back kind of because it like they felt quite involved. Like even for me, like I was just a London promoter, but like, I think Simon Garrett, the organizer was very like, very keen to like work with people. Like we, we ended up doing like the first tech fest London thing as part of like kind of like I guess sort of PR outreach thing and for like for us it meant that we got to like you know speak to people that maybe we didn't normally speak to otherwise like uh, we got put into contact with like James Monte from Tesseract because of he he was obviously ran runs whole uh, whole type PR you know who were kind of promoting the event so it was like you know it was kind of like the line between networking and like you know kind of meeting you know not i wouldn't say idols but like you know people you respect in the scene and stuff like there was a lot of like you know i remember like the first year like having a long conversation with john brown from monuments just because there was nowhere else to eat but the canteen in the venue so like he was just there and we were like oh hey man and like got into a conversation and then you know years down the line obviously monuments are still doing you know huge tours and stuff and it's just like you know whether, whether he will remember me, I don't know, but you know, there's still that kind of like people remember people in 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 that in that circle. Yeah, that's but true. And also, yeah, uh, I was going to say that. Just touching with, on what you ended up say, uh, <clears throat> basically saying with what John Brown is that you end up meeting musicians and just having the, like some of your idols and just having chats with them that you never realized, or just people who are just so wonderful that when you then end up finding out who they are, you're like. Wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. You know, like when I compared it to going to Ghostfest, because I like Ghostfest was another one I was going to, like, you know, every year until it ended, basically, um, from 10, 2011. So I was going to like Techfest and, and Ghostfest back when, like, you know, I'd seen by that point, I'd seen all the download bands that they kept booking over and over and over again. So I was like, you know what? I could I could go to two festivals for the price of less than one, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, and yeah, like I I met um, I remember the first year in 2011 I met the singer from Bleed From Within at Ghostfest, and so like that's how I met like I kind of kept in touch with them in some ways. Um, you know, I was like, at least aware of them, you know, and I would see them at shows and stuff. Um, but the one thing with Ghostfest that like it definitely felt more like going to a gig like like you know a two-day gig and like you know there would be like the merch tables and like the only time you'd actually see them would be at the merch tables or something you know whereas uh, tech fest just had more of like a kind of 
I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just the kind of the musicians weren't at that caliber yet in, in terms of, you know, like stature um, or it was just the way that Simon kind of wanted it to feel. And it just felt very like laid back, I guess. Like it wasn't so like, you know, oh no, this is a red tape area. This is backstage. You're not allowed back here, you know, or, you know, this is the, the peasants aren't allowed back here kind of thing. <laughs> so I think like that just kind of made it like, it's definitely obviously, you know, it's had to kind of get stricter as the years go on, but, um, but there's, it still maintained that kind of feel. Like I remember in 2014 or 15, I remember Dan Tompkins just turned up because it was nearby. He was just like, yeah, I'm just down the road in, in Nottingham or whatever. Thought I'd drop by and see some friends. <laughs> and it was like, oh, cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not a but yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of the vibe. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I remember even 2017 when Northlane played. Apparently, like I can't remember where I went. I think I was I, I was trying to learn a song for the after party, and apparently Marcus Bridge from Northlane just came into our campsite and was just like chatting to everyone and just kind of like t- soaking up the vibes and stuff. Where like, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I, I'm sure it's a hats off to the to the production team and like the, the people who like get make everything you know happen um just to kind of embody that spirit you know and, and and not feel like okay you know you've done your performance now like now here's the green room like just stay in there and don't come out <laughs> <laughs> we've secluded you there <laughs> yeah yeah you're special this is the vip room <laughs> you must not leave but no like i uh, talking about that i i had a similar memory a uh, moment well not last year because the last year that Techfest happened, we'll put it that way, where um, we were just at our campsite chilling and two of the guys from Siamese actually just joined us and then just started drinking with us. And I, I think that you don't get that in most other festivals. Like, you, Literally. You played and now, okay, do you want a drink? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know what it is, if it's the festival, but it just brings out this kind of nice vibe in people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've always thought it's, it's, it's kind of like... Is it, is it is it me? Like sometimes, you know, there's like bands lower on the bill that maybe, you know, they're, they're more for the guitarists, you know, in, in in the crowd, like stuff like that where, or maybe, or maybe it's like a, a newer band, which again, that's on a side note, it's a, it's a really cool thing. They have, um, you know, the, uh, like a place to get these kind of new bands coming out to play, you know, I, I mean, when, when Clockwork played, we were opening the stage for like Martyr Defiled, and Dest- I think, oh no, it was meant to be Destiny Potato, and then they had those ongoing visa issues back in the day. Um, yeah, and uh, like that was really cool for us. Like, we probably wouldn't have been able to support them in any other scenario. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, e- e- even if there's bands that you don't know, like that all kind of is part of the experience, because then also you'll be, you know, just like, grabbing a, a, a hamburger or something outside and then someone's like oh yeah you know my friends in this band or like oh you know these guys are quite good i saw them posted or like i saw them in you know i don't know leeds or in manchester or glasgow or whatever um and then you just join them because you've just been chatting for them to them for the last half hour and then you discover some new band that you you like or even even if you like aren't keen on them you're just you're there watching music which is cool Uh, that's true that's true that's true so talking about bands you yourself are in a band, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> um, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I am. 
<laughs> oh god so how did you end up joining defenses then um so i don't yeah it was a weird a weird lining of stars i suppose um like i'd known the band for a while but like they were quite different from how they've like we i feel like we've both kind of them joint like them having me on board has like we've all matured together um like to have a bit more of a new sound whereas like they were quite different a bit a lot lighter when um um before i before i joined um they were kind of doing this kind of like you know uh, what's the band called um not story so far um story of the year kind of kind of pop rock kind of blend um and I, it was actually, I think it was, I ended up seeing them at a show at the Camden Unicorn because it was part of a tour that, um, one of my old bands was, was in talks to get onto. Um, uh, but they, like, it was like being organized by one of the bands and they were doing like something like 12 dates. It was quite a big tour, but like small venues, like, you know, it was kind of like your first DIY tour kind of thing. And, um, we couldn't commit to to all the dates. This was with um, my bitter half, um, and yeah, we couldn't commit to all the dates because of just get you know member schedules and stuff. Um, so we said, look, like um, like I just basically gave a bunch of bat like recommendations bands to who could who could possibly would be worth asking. Um, and seeing as I kind of like was you know helping out a little bit, I was like, well, I have to go to the London show just to you know what, what I wanted to see my mates band and like the band I got on were, were good friends of mine as well. Um, and defenses were the, I think they, I think it was like a rotating headline or something, you know, something weird like that. And defenses were headlining the London show. Um, and that's, yeah, that's when I first met them. And like, originally it was like, you know, this is cool. It's not like not really my scene, but, um, but like, I respect, you know, they respect that they were quite good for at what they did. Um, and I got speaking to like some of the members, um, turned out like the guitarist lived, literally in my area um like ironically we never really hung out and we never like really spoke for like ages afterwards um <laughs> like they, they were doing their own thing i was doing my own thing kind of thing um and then i think we played um i played my last show with archeon and they were playing straight after <laughs> like it was really weird i don't know it was like a prog it was that prog um uh prog metal madness that um uh that guy leaves to put on at, um the lewisham venue i can't remember what it's called now Oh, my mind's gone blank. The one that the techabilitation usually happens at. Um, and yeah, so I was like, oh, you know, okay. Um, these guys have kind of, you know, they've come, come a long way and stuff. Um, I think, I think I'd spoken to them again because the guitarist had like wanted me like on board. Like it was one of those things where it was just like, it never quite lined up originally. Um, like I was still, I was still on Archeon at the time and they were looking for a, like a someone who could scream and play bass. So I recommended um, this friend of mine, Freddie Draper. Um, oh yeah, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. So so Freddie joined the band for a bit. Cause I really? Giving, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I was giving him uh, like like lessons on like how to scream and stuff. Like it was literally like, you know, he was just like, you know, you do screaming. Like, could you give me some like cheap lessons kind of thing? So like gave him a couple of those um, and, and then like, you know, had the defenses guys being like, do you know anyone who plays bass and does screaming? I was like, well, just so happens I do. Um, obviously he's quite a lot more into his prog music. So again, it was kind of one of those things where I, you know, 
the stars didn't quite align. <laughs> uh, and then obviously, once I wasn't in, in Archeon, um, I think they'd been, from the sounds of it, they'd had like quite an, an ongoing like issue of finding a bassist who could do screams. So I think they just completely changed their, they were like, well, we'll just do one guitar because we don't really need two guitarists for the kind of music we play. Um, and we'll get a guy, you know, someone who can do screams full time. Um, and not have to try and like, you know, multitask essentially. Um, and yeah, so from, from there, literally, I just, I, I think I went to, to his house, which was literally, it was so ironic. It was like, I put it into Google maps, like his address. And it was like a seven minute drive. Not even that. I was like, wow, this guy literally lives down my road. Um, yeah, I think it was like, he was having a little birthday get together. And so he just kind of wanted to talk about depping originally i was just going to be filling in for a few shows um see how it goes like i didn't really like they hadn't really said it said anything too much they didn't give away too much they were about what they were looking for um i hadn't realized that like you know they were like taking the plunge into like the guitarist became one of the guitarists became a bassist and they were stripping you know some of the guitars stuff you know i mean so many bands have tiny little guitar parts that you don't really need to be playing on backing track. So they were like, you know, there's no point playing these, the same line over and, uh, you know, both guitarists playing the same thing or like playing something that doesn't really need to be played. Um, yeah. And I, I think it just, the, we did the, EP, we did an EP this year, which we released this year, um, which was kind of, kind of tracked our progress as like, you know, the first song was literally, funnily enough, when we actually, with the original version we released, the vocals, my vocals were actually my my audition. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, I just went to his house one day. The old screamer was there because they were still good friends. He just kind of changed changed life pursuit, pursuits. Um, and um, funnily enough, he's a pilot now. Like an Wait, actual, what? <laughs> yeah, he's an actual, like, you know, proper, proper air, airplane pilot. Um, so, so you know, uh, like in that um, the meme that ends up saying that uh, you, you're in a plane, and then somebody's like, "We need somebody," and you say, "Oh yeah, you can't help me." Yeah. He's like, like, "I was absolutely. in the band. I was in the band, and I'm an airline pilot." <laughs> literally, um, but yeah, I just literally went over, and it was just like the most chill thing. He was just like, "Oh yeah, this is the new song." You know, I, I think I did a home demo, but he was like, "You know, come over." Cause I wasn't very, I wasn't very competent at home demoing at that point, even, even by then. Um, and so he was like, you know, I, I've seen you live come over and do it. We'll do it ours and yeah, give, give it a go. And like, funnily enough, like that was it literally, I was like, do you need me to come back and actually do like a final version? They were like, no, nah, it's fine. We'll just send it off. <laughs> like it was fine the way it was. All of you was like, Oh, cool. Wicked done. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So from there we just, we like, basically we just we wrote more songs and then uh, to the point where we had an EP um, and we like, we had the idea of, of we toying, you know, do we, do we go for a full length? But because of the, because of the situation that we were in with the kind of transition of, you know, the first album being quite light, we didn't want to just suddenly be like, and here's a really heavy album, like out of nowhere. So yeah, we like we wanted to be like okay, this is like where the band is going, um, rather than just kind of just jump into the deep end kind of thing. Um, you, you know, we had songs like a, our second song was a lot heavier, but like we kind of tried to like strategically 
like release them almost the EP, the EP songs. Um, so there was a bit of like a bit of a light and heavy kind of mix essentially. Well, that's good. So like with you, what's your process when it comes to songwriting then? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried mm-hmm. to like write and I'm one of those people who I get like the, the melody and the lyrics is, well, I get the lyrics at first because those come easier to me and then yeah. the melody, we kind of have to work it out. And then when I try to do it the other way, yeah that just messes with my mind i'm like wait i think what? yeah yeah i don't know it's it's a weird one like i've i think it work it can work both ways i think i think the best like you know if i was to, to, if if you know any musicians listening to this who are struggling i'd say go with what you're comfortable with don't try and you know like personally i write you know cuz i i guess because i get like i'll get a song you know more or less kind of finished getting their kind of song um obviously with defenses it's not so bad because like mostly most of the stuff i have to do is just kind of scream screen based so i'd have to really think about pitch all the time but sometimes it will be something that i'll do the scream line and be like actually i could do like a bit of a pitch scream to that you know something to go kind of give it a bit more flavor um but yeah well i think generally when i'm writing like i'll write because sometimes i do demo like sometimes i'll demo melody ideas as well even if like most of the time cherry will come up the other vocalist she'll come up with something better more suited for their you know for the band um but sometimes you know lyric ideas or something will be will will get recycled out of what i've what i've written um so you know the more the merrier kind of thing um but yeah i write melody and rhythm first um and then try and think about like what what do i want the song to be about um like i it's weird because i i do find writing like poetry easier easy-ish but then i find it very difficult to then translate it into a kind of a melodic or like rhythmical pattern that like makes sense to me <laughs> without like completely butchering the english or like you know making it not make sense you know like i don't know it's it's quite a, it's difficult to say like i i used to have it a lot when being the the, like, the only vocalist in the band like i'd have moments where it'd be like oh this is a really nice line but i can't get the syllables to really fit in a way and then have a like not necessarily a rhyme but something that's that sits well to come afterwards if you know what i mean like you know i don't want the next the end of the next line to be a word that has no like like uh, tone tonal similarity tone i guess you know like i'm not saying again not not saying they need to rhyme but like i try and avoid like clashing if you know what i mean yeah no i got but, you there because i think with the brain it, it's the congruency of the rhyme and the way that yeah goes and yeah works better exactly you don't want like a word like the or something like that. I don't know <laughs> end and then like the next line have a word like I don't know something just completely unrelated that does just doesn't like I feel like rhyming isn't isn't essential but also it's it's worth avoiding like tonality clashes yeah it's, so it's I don't, I, don't, I don't know how there's probably a better technical term for it but that's you know that's my uh uneducated uh, <laughs> um, answer. No, that's right. I should know the term because I'm technically doing a songwriting course at the moment, but then prose? I guess... Prose? Prose, maybe? I wanted, prose does sound 
Yeah, prose might work. That's kind of to do with the structure, I suppose, a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, you know. That's true. And also, like, um, one of the things that I'm always just in awe with guys like you is basically seeing vocalists who are killing it end up fully establishing to people that the voice is an instrument that is mm. ridiculously technical at times. And it's just scary. It's just like, especially like doing cleans and also screaming. I'm, I, I wish I could do that. I, I really wish I could do that. Does that, that just... mm. I mean, yeah, like I mean, my cleans have never been as strong as my screams like I, I've it's always been just kind of more because I enjoy singing that I have done it and also like you know no one wants you know it's always it's always desirable to be able to do both um and I've always pushed myself to do to, to, to sing like I, I don't really have like a good I guess stereotypical rock voice when it comes to like you know tech music metalcore um because i've got more, a lot more of a baritone, baritone kind of opethy kind of voice i suppose um but yeah I, I think in some ways it's made me like it, it, it's weird it's 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 made me question my question my my talent but also like push myself more so like it like you know on a bad day i can be like oh my voice sucks this kind of thing but then like a good day i'll be like you know, like I'll, I'll really like dig into it and be like, well, what am I good at? Like where, 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 like, how can I, how can I push my voice into a way that, that like, you know, will, will make it sound pleasing to this kind of music kind of like, you know, I, I think having scrutiny screams and then singing, I think it's quite um like telling why a lot of bands sound the way they do. Um, you know, like I feel like a lot of heavy bands have like quite high, high uh, registers because it gives that kind of energy and stuff. Whereas, you know, bands like Opeth, it's fine that he's got a lower voice because then he does like death metal vocals. So, yeah, like I think I've 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 had to learn techniques that I maybe wouldn't wouldn't have otherwise, like pitch screaming, for example. Like I was like, well, okay. I, I can scream quite low. So I listened to like, you know, Gajira and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, how does he control the pitch of his voice to create these kind of like bellowing sounds kind of thing. Um, uh, and more like more recently with defenses, like I've, I've kind of learned the more kind of Chester Bennington thing, like not as good as him, Ooh. but like I've been almost subconsciously just because of how they write. I think I've been kind of adding a lot more pitch than I like. I, I, I don't notice it. And then I listen to like, uh, I can't remember. It was a few week, few weeks ago. Listened to like some of the old my old demos, and I was like, one, my pitch is terrible, and two, like my screams are very m- monotone. Like they don't, they have kind of no, they had no pitch when I was like, you know, ten ten years ago. What year is it? Uh, <laughs> no, not ten, not quite ten years ago. Like eight years ago. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 always interesting. I think as, as a musician going back to your early stuff, even if it makes you cringe, oh, yeah. I think it's quite, um, it's quite rewarding actually. Um, like sometimes then I like, I come back to listen to, you know, even though I'm not doing like any clean singing or much, you know, any, any main clean singing in defenses, like it's quite a noticeable improvement when I look at, listen to my screams and I'm like, Oh wow. I'm hitting pitches that like, I used to find really difficult when I was just starting out doing like pitch screams and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think, 
it, it just points out that it's, it's important to track your progress. Like I'm sure like, you know, with anything like losing weight or, you know, gaining muscle or learning a new hobby. No, that's, that's true there. And, um, you know, I, you've just made me realize that I've not even tried to go back to some of my old recorded stuff that I have. And mm. I, I'm still not at the level that I want to, but I think that I'm not as bad as I was back then because, oh boy. That's it. Exactly. Like you, like I haven't, I hadn't done it for ages actually. And it was only because I was talking to my partner about, um, about vocals and stuff. We were, we were kind of exploring the the concept of like screams and stuff together and um, watching, watching, uh, um tutorials on like uh you know singers dissecting the voice and stuff not not literally but <laughs> figuratively <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah and i was like you know what i'm gonna go to but like have a listen to some of the older stuff and just see what my voice was like and like yeah like the stuff that you you knew you weren't doing right and there's stuff that you didn't know you weren't doing right i think um i yeah like I, again, my pitch, my 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 clean singing isn't where I'd where I'd want it to be, but at the same time, it's I realise it's so much better than it used to be in terms of just muscle memory. I think you just kind of you realise what you were doing wrong. <laughs> oh no, I same here, man, and like, and also I think because of the music that we listen to, we, we have people that we can look up to who will just do it so amazingly. And you end up mm. aiming for that. And for me personally, Howard Jones is just, mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That he's definitely up there. For, like again, probably very slightly hot, like higher and just a richer tone than my voice is anyway. But like, yeah, he was, he was one like growing up that I was like, he's got quite a deep voice. I've got quite a deep voice. Like, He's a good one to listen yeah, to. No. I'm going to listen to, like, you know, emulate him, kind of. No, that that's true, though, that, because you, you made me also realise that I think a lot of singers in, like, well, especially in our scene, but also prog, they're actually tenors, and I had not realised that, mm. too. He said, oh, yeah, baritones. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense when I think about it. Yeah, it, it, it's only when, like, I think it's only when a band comes around that has that, and you're like, this sounds different, and I don't know why. <laughs> Like, like the, the like the the ones that jump out to me were like uh, Vola, like when Vola came out, like, yeah, or like not came out, but you know, <laughs> when when everyone's you know kind of suddenly started hearing about Vola, like I remember being like, it kind of sounds like Mushiga, but then his voice doesn't make it sound like Periphery at the same time. It doesn't sound like one of those kind of bands, um, and you know, or uh, another good example is um, friend of ours, Jam- James Denton from uh, back when No Cinnabators Gays were like kind of came out of the woodwork. Um, I always noticed that about them as well. I was like, he's got quite a, a rich lower voice um, and it's noticeable. I think it's, 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 and I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say it's better, but I do, I do like the, I like it when a band like that comes around. That's like, you know, g- gives hope to us low voices. <laughs> <laughs> the low voices have hope. Love to unite the baritones of the world. <laughs> do you know what's even worse for me? I think I'm not able to do it nowadays, but when I was young and in the choir, I could actually do alto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I used to be in the choir as well, and yeah, alto was my my old spot <laughs> and then suddenly literally within a space of one winter it was just like i don't even know how to sing anymore like 
I, I remember they just put me on bass because like you just had to do like three notes and that was basically the entire piece like cool yeah you're done <laughs> i've got a story to tell you now i just realized and it's gonna be a fun one for people who don't have me on facebook um so um basically when i was learning to sing um bear in mind because i was still back in zimbabwe in the choir they didn't mm-hmm. really give us any vocal exercises or anything else like that mm-hmm. but we ended up going through a process where we had to do national championships so we mm-hmm. went to actual like national championships and we ended up winning nice. mainly, ma- mainly because we knew the guy who wrote the piece of music and he spoke to us once <laughs> <laughs> sorry everyone shouldn't, shouldn't explain <laughs> Your secret's out now. That's it. It happened more than 10 could, minutes ago. What are they going to do? You could have played it off. You could have played like, you know what? <laughs> but no, that, so that, <laughs> that ends up happening. And then we end up winning. And then after we end up winning, we end up being requested to make a special performance. Turns out it's for Robert Mugabe when he's doing a like capping off ceremony at a university. Yeah, I sang for that guy. <laughs> oh my word. That is a story. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> And then when I look back, it's like I have sang for Robert Mugabe. That actually happened. Wow, that's really impressive. I, I, I actually I didn't even know about that about you. That's 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 pretty. I mean, you know, impressive in in a weird way, but like you know, pretty uh, monumentous. It's fine. Next time I'll just tell people about the time that I used to be in an all boys gospel a cappella choir group. Uh, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> I'll, I'll look forward to hearing that one. <laughs> so, um, as we just well nerding out on music and everything else, we can say that we both have really diverse tastes in music, but hmm. what's a weird genre that you like that somebody would not expect? Um, I'm, I, I don't know full genre, but, like, I really, I really like ambient. Like, not, I, I wouldn't be able to say, like, oh, you know, this particular artist, but like, I think it kind of bands like Sigur Ross kind of turned me on to that kind of how nice that kind of music can be. Um, like stuff, you know, without drums, that's more like about the chord placements and like the notes and stuff like that. Um, there's a, a, like, I, I feel like a band that's kind of made it, I wouldn't say popular, but kind of hipster um, is a band called cigarettes after sex. Um, and it's like super, chill rock i guess like there's drums but it's like super like ambient and dreamy and like it's almost like if deftones did an acoustic album or something like that it's very very strange but like works i that's the weirdest i not weirdest but like when it comes to like liking quite a lot of that genre that's probably one that i i do really enjoy and like I wouldn't say influences me, but like I'll listen to a chord sequence and be like, oh, this is really nice. Like, I like this. Saying that though, another weird one is I do like a a small handful of trance acts. (laughs) Really weird out of that, out of the the left field. But I think it was just, I, I went to a trance night that a friend who was into metal was doing at Ministry of Sound and ended up discovering a bunch of artists and I like, so I listened to their albums and I was like, this is kind of cool. (laughs) So yeah, there we go. Nice. I mean, with me, one of the ones that most people don't even know about is I really like dancehall music. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there's a bit of story to this. Um, 
when Zimbabwe ended up getting its independence, that's how that that's how big the story is, right? <laughs> let me we take you back. <laughs> let me take you back, children. So Get when Zimbabwe and <laughs> when Zimbabwe ended up getting gaining its independence, there was a big celebration that happened, mm-hmm. and Bob Marley played there. And Ooh. ever since that, yeah, he asked you there's a song called Zimbabwe that he wrote for that moment. Mm. And ever since then, there's been a big reggae community in Zimbabwe. And so when mm-hmm. dance started actually making headways, it was quite big in Zimbabwe. So I I grew up listening mm. to dance music and I, I mm, absolutely really. love it because it is just so nice. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. Um, I, I, I do think what we, like music we grew up on always kind of sticks with us a little bit. Like, oh, that's true. Like, I, I always, like, I remember, you know, when, like, En Shikari were, were kind of getting bigger and stuff like that. And I remember going to a few of their shows at that pit. Like, I think, well, I say bigger, like, third album time. So, like, they were already quite big. But I remember going to, like, a, a few of their shows. And, like, before their set, they'd always play, like, 90s house music. And I'd be, they'd be like, I'd be like, oh, man, I remember this song from, like, you know, like, the school discos and stuff, like, like and then like you listen to it again you're like this is really good actually like oh, what's what's that famous one love love uh, i can't remember i can't remember it's got the the famous synth line you know stuff like dj alice, uh, alice uh, is DJ it or whatever. Way, what is love that, that one that one is a classic but i feel like it's for me it's more funny than nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> But um, show me love. That's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, 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 that is, a, that is a one. That is a classic. But, yeah. yeah, just like all that kind of genre. Like it's like it's like buried in my subconscious somehow. Like I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I like it until I hear it, and I'm like, oh yeah. Like I, um, speaking of weird genres, Chasing Status's uh, third album, the one after their big like commercial one. Um, was like super nineties influenced. And I remember like discovering it quite late and just being so into it. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> but like, uh, I can't remember what it's called brand new machine. I think. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It is, it is good. It it's list. a good, it's a good summer play, uh, summer album for sure. You know, you just made me re- realize that since we're almost the same age, remember when everyone was into, was it, um, prodigy? Was it uh, blood, blood sugar? Was it? Oh, so, Pendulum. Pendulum, sorry, Pendulum. Yeah. Pendulum. Hey, that, yes. that, that song was just everywhere. Yes. Just, uh, I mean, uh, fair play to Pendulum. Like, what well, they released two new songs like last year that were still somehow really good. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, ah, oh, like they're going to come back and it's going to be like, ah, oh, this was cool like 10 years ago, but you, you don't have it anymore. But yeah, they still have it. So, like, I, I don't knock bands when. Like if 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 a band is cool at one point, I will go back to check them out and see if they've done anything decent since. Because sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. I'll find out albums like years afterwards and be like, "Where was I when I <laughs> like? Why was I listening to this?" Oh my god, you just mind me of like so two things that I just uh, need to tell you about. Hmm. First, do you know that Sting and Shaggy have a sh- like combined album together? Yes, I forgot about <laughs> that, but yes, I. Do you remember this? <laughs> I was on YouTube just looking at Tiny Dust performances. It's like, oh yeah, no, these guys have an album together, don't they? <laughs> Collabs you never, you never thought would happen. <laughs> yeah, like Tech Nine and Corey Taylor make more sense than that. It, yeah, like that. You're not wrong there. <laughs> that is, 
bizarre. Just my. I mean, own. I. I mean, I suppose because the police had like scar influences. Like, I, I feel like you have to dig quite far to find the connection. <laughs> but like, somewhere, I, I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere a conversation was had that no one expected, and then that happened. They, they just bumped into like each other at, at the same studio, and they were like, "I've heard of you." And the other guy was like, "I've heard of you. Let's do an album." Done. <laughs> they shook hands on it. There, spat. It was, then, it was a beautiful that. moment, I'm sure. Um, and then the other thing, you do you like jazz? We'll start there. I. L- this is this is one of the ones that's like I like the genre. I just I, if you ask me like oh what art acts do you like? I'd be like I don't really know any specific one. Like I like Snarky Puppy. Like I suppose that's more fusion. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I like again, I like jazz. I just like I don't know where to start. Like obviously the classics like John Coltrane and stuff. I like. I like. As I was saying earlier, basically um, with. With jazz, one of the genres that I say for everyone to try to check out is South mm. African jazz. Ah, mm. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's basically just the fusion of jazz, but with a like African feel to it, and mm. it's just amazing. And you have people like Hugh Masakila mixed in with like Lady Smith, Black Mambazo, and everything mm. else, and it's just so beautiful and so crisp and everything else. I'll look that up actually. Um, the one one beautiful thing about Spotify is you can literally just look up <laughs> like something based on a genre and it should have a, a fair a fair bit of information. Oh yeah. No, that's quite true there and it's just amazing. So uh before our brief little interlude <laughs> with technical <laughs> issues because computers are just life. Um mm. We were talking about music and I was going to move on to geeky things because nice. uh, for those of people who don't know, me and Will both work for Invicta Magazine and we review video games because that's how bigger nerds we are. We don't just Very play much. about them. We don't we, just play them. We, we write about them. We talk about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot. Um. A lot. <laughs> so what geeky thing have you been into, like gaming or other pursuits? Uh, I mean... I like, I suppose gaming really. Like, I I think it's been one good thing about lockdown is like, I f- I feel like a lot of people probably got games console consoles over this time. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like statistics showed. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I I tend to well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm eyeing up the PS5 because it does look very good and it means I get to backdate yeah. like like play a whole generation that I've missed, but um. I've always been on the Nintendo side of things. So like just, you know, even that, like from what I hear, like it was hard to actually get one at the beginning of lockdown. Because really? <laughs> Yeah. Apparently they were like, the stocks were so like, I think it was a mixture of probably people buying a lot of them and like China production being in a standstill. But um, yeah, I think for like a few months, it was quite difficult to apparently get them in store. I don't know about Amazon, but at least in like retail shops, apparently it was quite difficult. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, um, I I kind of went out of nerdy stuff when I was like a teenager, and then got into music way more. And so like I think I think it just got to the point where I was like, I need I need a music becomes so like when you know when you're when you're kind of an aspiring artist, I suppose. Um, I hate that word, but you know, um, <laughs> uh, it, you know, like you should always kind of do, do stuff as a hobby. And I feel like if, 
if you're if you're pushing too hard sometimes i feel like it's not a hobby anymore um so i think i got it got to the point where i was like you know what, i need something that i can go to to actually relax and not think not make it feel like work um oh, yeah. so yeah i was like you know what i kind of checked out what you know i'd, I'd heard about the story I, I somehow like it was like i lived on under a rock other than ps4 like i kind of didn't really and like i actually knew more about ps4 and xbox one than uh what nintendo was doing um because my last console before the switch was the nintendo wii which i i think i i think i had for like half of its life cycle not even well not even that i probably had like i like I had it for so little time that I didn't even get around to Super Mario Galaxy, which I think only came out in its like the second year of the Wii, maybe third max. I think I played like maximum five to seven games on the Wii and then was just like just bored by all the gimmicky motion controls. <laughs> so I was like, eh, I'm kind of done. I just moved on. Um, but yeah, like coming back to Switch was like quite refreshing because I hadn't seen a lot about it. So like a lot of games I was kind of going into blind, which was, which was really fun. Um, like I, like I, the first, first game I, I got it with, I think Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, uh, Legend of Zelda. Um, and I somehow had not heard anything about that Breath of the, uh, the new Zelda game, like adverts or anything. I don't know whether it was just tied into the switch advertising. So it just kind of didn't cross my mind, but it meant that I literally kind of went into it with no, like teasers or anything like to give me any expectation of what the game was going to be i was just like i like old zelda games so i should like this one and then i ended up sinking like two weeks of it while i was like recovering from my operation (laughs) i was like well i've got to take two two weeks off work so there's worse ways to spend it (laughs) i mean true (laughs) so yeah it was um yeah like it's been it's been quite refreshing to kind of get back into this kind of thing like side of things and have like so much to kind of catch up on i guess uh, i mean like uh recently i've been kind of like i, I always go back to it in phases but uh, uh alien isolation was ported to the switch which in itself is really cool considering you know like nintendo aren't exactly known for their horror games um so yeah like i i every so often i just go back to it and i'm like this looks really good on the switch and like it's really fun and just like you know it's it's just great that uh like i know obviously there's 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 games on ps ps4 ps5 so i say now and um xbox and stuff you know like crash and stuff but like i feel like a lot of the stuff like that comes to switch anyway which i like playing like you know fun gameplay kind of games um i mean even ori and you know the ori games are now on switch as well um so like I, I do appreciate even that maybe like graphic you know dare I say it would would Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven come to Switch if they've done the Switcher <laughs> now, that would be that, that would be that would be well I'd love to see the reviews of that oh yeah no, that. <laughs> they're saying that from a, from from what I hear the the, the Witcher on Switch ra- runs better than the Witcher did originally on 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 PS four so. You never know what kind of miracles they can pull off in a few years. But uh, <laughs> jo- joking aside, it is nice that like the Switch, like the Nintendo has a console that you can play all these kind of variety of games on. Um, and it's portable as well. So it's just like, you know, it's a an extra bonus. Um, but yeah, definitely eyeing up the PS5 because 
I actually really like the design. I feel like it's it's a bit of a marmite marmite kind of design, but um, I I dig it. I like it. It's I've always found the PS like the Playstations since two a little bit bland in their design. Yeah, I get you there. Like the PS4 Pro had kind of cool aesthetic, but it was still just a big black box. <laughs> Which I know technically Xboxes as well, but even they've kind of like they've tried to make it look interesting. So like I respect that. But um yeah, when they were revealed the PS5, I was like, this is kind of what I wanted. Like I've wanted a games console to look like. <laughs> Just weird and wacky and I love it. And like I like I like the refinement to the controller from what I from what I hear, it's like you know revolutionary so yeah when when i save up enough that is that's definitely on my my bucket list yeah no same here it's just getting there and i, I keep <laughs> on wanting to keep yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> i would mean i keep on wanting to do my brand loyalty and say i'm staying with xbox but i'm like yeah but it looks like a mini fridge like yeah it's it's weird because i've seen some good like pay as like almost pay as you not like pay monthly for I think series S and like Xbox pass. And it's like, fair enough. You know, I suppose if you're going to get like, you know, and you know, a new phone contract or something like I can, uh, I can, I can definitely appreciate what Xbox are doing. Um, and I think it's quite a clever business tactic. Um, like genuinely I got to the point where I was like, actually, if I wanted to play old halo games, cause I've only ever really played that co-op back in the day. Um, you know, games that are obviously going to stay on Xbox kind of thing. It's not a bad deal, to be fair. Like, you know, if you if you if if I wasn't keeping up with the Switch library and having, you know, well not having to, but like, you know, getting a game every so often here and there on that, I I would probably get both like a, a monthly payment of the, the Xbox and then just get PS five for like, you know, the graphical the as as the kind of graphics engine as it were yeah. um yeah I, I i think this if i was like trying to analyze it like from a business standpoint i feel like this generation is quite interesting because everyone's doing like something quite unique in a way i get you there and yeah no that is true and we'll, we just have to see how the console wars keep on going because mm. going to get especially with xbox now well having bethesda that just <laughs> yeah that was, that was an interesting interesting move for sure um yeah. i mean from my hear they're still going to be i mean microsoft and, and nintendo are quite good kind of quite close now nowadays so like yeah it wouldn't uh from what i hear that's like bethesda are still going to put out ports on switch so that's cool you know but yeah it's definitely it's interesting that it's got home on on with microsoft now you know <laughs> yeah. it should be a, a there should be a halo doom crossover one day <laughs> i i want that now i, <laughs> I, 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 like I never realized like, i wanted it but now i want it <laughs> <laughs> exactly no uh, but um yeah no it's it's, it's, it's cool I, I just part of me really wishes they did more with rare that's that's my like I respect Microsoft for what they do, but I, I think Rare are doing a new game. I remember them announcing it at their big presentation, but like I can't remember what it is. It's some sort of adventure or something. But just it just makes me sad that they've, you know, got Banjo kazooie and they just aren't doing anything with it. It's it, it feels like Xbox could have 
a mascot of their own in some some regards. I know like PS5 has um what is it Ratchet and Clank Ratchet and Clank yeah um which is going to be I seem quite a big a big title in that genre. And uh, I just feel like Xbox haven't really they haven't really tried to tap into that at all. Yeah, but I think with Xbox, they might have just put themselves in a corner by just saying, mm. "Our mascots are Master Chief. We're just gonna do yeah, you know, it's like fun. we've got the we've got the shooting mascots now. Like we're, we, we're, we're, we're good. We got the people in your big power armor, or the people who are just made that's, of protein. That's it, literally. Shoot your shooters. Yeah. <laughs> Monster energy drink. Where where are you? The, the, I've I've seen the YouTube videos that explain why the people from Gears of War look the way they are, but it still looks ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> do you just wake up and have a protein shake for breakfast? <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like. I, I've, I was always such a big fan of the, the banjo banjo games back in back in the N sixty four. So I'm like, you know, obviously now banjos in, in uh, Super Smash Brothers and stuff, and it's like, oh, just do just do a collaboration or something, something like a Nintendo Microsoft exclusive. Um, but oh, it just seems like a waste. I, I, I hope they do something with it in the future. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting position Microsoft are in. I think, um, like, I think for that kind of uh, it's quite a US market, I feel like, the kind of online first-person shooter, battle royale yeah. kind of thing. That's the vibe I get from Microsoft games generally, um, which uh, I think is good, though, because I think, like, you know, if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be the company that do a lot of PCs. So, you know. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, never thought about it that way, but yeah, that is true. And on that note, we're reaching the end of our podcast. So... Before we say goodbye to everyone, I'd like to ask if you have any nice, kind words to say to our listeners. Um, just, I suppose, given the circumstances at the moment, stay safe, um, look after each other from a safe distance, check up on each other. I think that's quite important at the moment. Um, like, you know, I need to take my own advice. I've definitely become a bit of a hermit over lockdown and whatnot. Um, I think... Yeah, it's always nice to hear from an old friend. Uh, so I keep that in mind. Indeed, yeah. No, and I echo those. And I keep on echoing everyone's sentiments because everyone says the things that I'm thinking, which is true. You know, stay safe, look after each other, and reach out to people. It it mm. can be quite lonely lockdown, and for a lot of people, they are struggling. So you know, talk mm. to that friend that you've not spoken to in quite a while. Um, play an online game with somebody at some point. Oh, if you want. Yeah. Listen to your friends' music, as that will help them, since they can't actually hold gigs at the moment. I'm not at all plugging your band, but I kind of am. So, I mean, all all local bands like they, you know, all, all local bands, all, all actually, bands yeah. kind of coming out at the moment. Like they need it. Like, <laughs> oh, definitely, especially with the specter of Brexit that's looming at the moment. But we yeah. won't talk about that today. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, as it is, yeah. Like last year was meant to be quite busy and things got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And so, you know, oh, yeah. now it's just like we're making plans, but we don't know when, you know, we'll be able to like hit go as it were. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, any help to, to, to smaller bands is always going to be appreciated. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you there. And as I've said as well, help your friends out, talk to everyone, uh, your friends as well. Talk to people as well. Like, Maybe in a chat room, just say hello to a stranger. That might not be too bad. Mm. I'll say smile to strangers in public, but you should all be wearing masks. So, you know. <laughs> give them a the thumbs the up, maybe. Look, yeah, give them a thumbs up. 
look after yourselves and thank you very much for listening and we will be back with you guys next week